0: welcome to what, what's the name of our podcast co-op button uh <laughs> welcome to co-op button the podcast where typically we talk about a single co op game for about 15 minutes, but this time because oh. E3 happened, um, which is a conference held by dolphins. The three E's are echolocation, echolocation, and echolocation. location. Ho, ho ho. That's a real estate joke. Um, no echo the dolphin joke. You went so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because this E3 is not about video games, it's about dolphin real estate. Um, no, what we, electronic entertainment expo. And, and we're going to talk about it for a bit and see Wh- where we who go. Who are you? It. Who am I? Yeah. I'm, I'm Kania. I'm your co-host, Kania. Who are you? I,
1: I am the disgraced podcaster <laughs> from Untold Talks with Spider-Man here to talk about <laughs> some video games, otherwise
0: known as the GD Milkman. <laughs> GD Milkman. The GD stands for disgraced. <laughs> yep. Yep, <laughs> graced dis. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're going to talk about E3. This is going to be a loose one. There's no timer. We're just going to see how it goes. You know, everybody's talking about E3. We're, we're going to hit those numbers. We're going to ride the popularity wave. I think that's what we need to do. My thought
1: um, was here's an opportunity for us to talk about games we're interested in and kind of maybe i I think it's interesting to maybe for us to point out as we go how many games we think we could actually play together that were brought up because <laughs> <laughs> I think that says something about
0: where we're yeah at. i i was i was for co-op stuff, I wasn't seeing much of anything, you know, like halo. <laughs> three games and halo was one of them yeah yeah exactly like the, the co-op games or or you know kind of interesting ish multiplayer games that i saw were mostly couch stuff you know it's like uh but we'll get into it so yeah, yeah so <laughs> let's first start with the history of e3 no i have i have nothing <laughs> no. um <laughs> <Never>. episode one <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't watch much of E3 this year. I don't think I did last year either. Really, the only thing I watched was the Nintendo Direct, and I sort of just absorbed a bunch of E3 energy from Twitter. That was about what I did. Well, I
1: I never watch E3. Um, I always very specifically wait till the night or day after and look at recaps because I don't need to sit there as they build up anticipation to show <laughs> you some bullshit like just tell me what's coming <laughs> out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like that's basically how I treat it. I just kind of with with the advent of Twitter, I just basically started following it. Rather like okay, cuz funny thing about E3 is that it used to be journalists only really, right? Um and it sort of became this more, you know, it, it got more and more what yeah you, gamer you can more friendly i don't know
1: the, part of that was the break-in of indie games so they couldn't yeah. really split who is an indie gamer or a person i believe i remember because i have some friends who were working in ios games at the time and they were able to get into e3 because they were technically game developers a year before right. and that was you know less of a thing and i think that year people like them made them go ah, are these dirty mobile people we might as well just (laughs) run in the riffraff which i
0: don't blame them for actually but um
1: well
0: and then with covid it went all digital and mm -hmm. they just basically started doing like everybody just started doing the nintendo direct model just like you know it's like the ubisoft direct or whatever garbage um companies start doing that the year before too like yeah Nintendo kind of set a standard there, weirdly enough. Um, You say that? But I mean, if
1: you think of conferences in general, so many people have been doing that because in order to set up a presence, you have to do so much, then you essentially have to set up a digital display anyways.
0: Yeah, And then you have
1: to take all that and then repurpose the content online. So many companies realize like, oh, why don't we just put together a nice... Presentation. We'll have someone, you know, hype it up at the actual place. But then we can hit play or hit play, you know, in between the different sections and let them riff raff out on the stage, which also creates some, some nice visual, you know, yeah. pull back and forth. And um and so, whereas yes, Nintendo set the standard gaming, <laughs> like they copied it because Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo will look a lot at like Apple and copy what they do
0: yeah well yeah they're kind of similar brands in a lot of ways like they're they're more smooth and soft and trying to build a specific image it's just that nintendo produces content and apple produces devices with a side of content but um yeah like so it's it's kind of you know this is still relatively new though to get this much of a direct look or it for it to be targeted so directly to the end consumer so to speak um it's not new new but it's you know and it's really moved towards that direction more in the past five years so that's been kind of a shift um but yeah i like i like getting the live tweet version of it i don't particularly care for trailers and hype and all that kind of stuff just you know it makes me feel even more disconnected from gaming as a whole, because I'm just like, am I supposed to care about any of this shit? Because I don't.
1: (laughs) What disconnected me was um, there were so many parts of this E3 in particular, and I've seen this creep in more and more, where the marketing speak came first,
0: Mm. and
1: or, like, things that you were supposed to be excited for were, like, kind of crass commercialism. It wasn't like to me, like, the height of E3 is, like, here's a new game or a new thing in gaming that you should be excited about, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not always going to be purely that. But but I saw a lot more, like, DLC content that they wanted you to get excited for this time. And stuff that had already been announced, like Black Panther on Avengers. Right. I thought that was going to be out before now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's there has been a bit of a shift, too. I don't feel like E3 is as, like... Oh, here's our all of our cool new shit because that cycle has become less of a once or twice a year thing and more of a constant root slow drip of things you know um Mm -hmm. so there's there's less to hype at e3 because they are telling us these things well in advance anyway you know
1: and to that point a few things that i saw after e3 were people making note of some things that weren't shown at e3 things like Bayonetta three or a yeah. few other games that they were anticipating hearing about. And what's funny to me is i P- I've finally seen backlash the way people thinking I've always thought, and I've always been upset about, <laughs> which is, is your game coming out in three to six months? Cool. Tell me, is it coming out later than that?
0: I don't Just even want your pie know.
1: Hole and don't, don't even see don't show me anything. It's not gonna yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you know, games are complicated things to make, and everything I've heard about game development is that like it comes together in the last six months. Like before that, it is a pile of broken systems and weird glitches and you know, incomplete graphics, and that's how it. That's just how it is. They're incredibly complex, you know, machines um, wh- that involve so many different uh, disciplines of of you know, creation that of course they're they're not going to be complete until pretty late in the game. <laughs> um so yeah, I don't I don't want to see your 2 years from now thing cuz I know this trailer is just some CG you put together and it's not it's not representative of of the end result, right? And and in you know, what I think is funny is like movies will show like pre-release stills or like they'll show behind the scenes things before the movies even like you know edited or whatever i don't know you know they haven't even put together effects and stuff like that that stuff's interesting because it's sort of a behind the scenes like oh here's some fun stuff here's the cast and crew what their costumes look like it gives you an idea of what the movie might be and it's building hype whatever with games it just feels like so disconnected from the final product and i'm like i've been burned by this too many times i don't even want to see this i don't care (laughs) sorry i'll be right back i have to okay Sorry, baby needed water. Oh yeah, no worries. Life, um, life intervenes.
1: I had two thoughts after what you had said. Yes. Um, the first is that another thing I saw um, that was kind of backlash that I felt was there was a number of PS5 exclusives. And we're now reaching the point where the PS5 mm-hmm. has been out long enough where there's a number of people who would like to own one. <laughs> And they simply can't. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who've put more effort into trying to get
0: one than I have and can't still can't. Yeah. Incredibly. (laughs) And
1: now there's like exclusive demos popping up on the PS five, exclusive content for games that I own on the PS four. That's only for the PS five version, things like this. And I, I looked online and I was part of it and I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I mean, there's a bitterness there. It's like, you're shoving this in my face and I can't like, you want me to buy it. I literally can't.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Cause like, I'm just, you know, I, let's see, what's the last PlayStation I owned PlayStation two. Yeah. I'm obviously not the target market for any of this stuff, <laughs> but right. it is baffling. It's not something that I ever had to deal with when I was kind of keeping up with consoles. Like the switch was sort of hard to find for about six months, you know? And then that, then that was about it and I just waited, you know? It was kind of hard, but I mean, if you put in the elbow grease, you'd land one, and if you... cash. (laughs) Well,
1: and if you had a little more patience, you could wait and get one, and it was fine, but it's now reached that point with the PS5, where it's been out what, about a year? Has it been out that long? Jesus. I guess it was around the holiday season last year, but I mean, well over six months.
0: Yeah, it's uh, November 12, 2020, so closer to... I, I hadn't, hadn't so even thought six it months. was that long. Yeah, yeah,
1: well, over six months. And yeah. I know there's a chip shortage. I mean, I, I'm not without sympathy. I'd have more sympathy if they took any steps to stop scalpers from getting them whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they wasted three of my hours today as I was waiting in a queue, so I'm a little more bitter than normal. But
0: <laughs>
1: it's a push and pull that's hard to ignore.
0: Um, it is. And... I, I want to say that when I googled PS5 release date, this was like the third result, this picture I just sent you, which is a Walmart. It's sold at Walmart. It's called Dobe or Dobie. And it's a little clip-on attachment you can add to your PS5 controller that lets you vape while you came. <laughs> or, or just get high. I can't tell. I don't think it matters. But it's, it's like sticking a cigar to the top of your fucking controller. It's incredible. Sorry, I just had to put that in there.
1: <laughs> and then to pivot more into <laughs> games.
0: <Yeah. laughs> go to walmart.com slash. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh
1: my We're, we don't have a referral code. Don't, don't... <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah, with Walmart. yeah, Good look. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, did you see the Outer Worlds 2 trailer? Nope the the whole thing is like a meta farce on like the E3 um preview trailer okay so it's literally a narrator going like and then there's the blah sound and then we're in a big giant planet, and there's a bunch of action and then oh you can't see the character's actual head because we haven't finished designing it yet Da-da-da-da-da. okay and I'm like yes it's not funny It's really sad that this was nearly every trailer there. I mean, (laughs) as far as being that kind of like meta spoof thing, they hit it on the head, but I mean, it was so apropos of this E3 that it it hit the biggest complaint that I hear year after year. And I don't know how people don't get their head around this idea. If they're not showing gameplay and it looks like bullshot,
0: <laughs> it
1: is like yeah. show me the game. Yeah. Right. And there's very little of that.
0: Well, and I think I do wonder sometimes about like who who that's for, right? Those trailers must be for someone. Maybe they're just not for you and me. We tend to engage with games on a pretty mechanical level. Um, maybe people sure. do get really excited for you know the cutscenes and the stuff that I generally am not that interested in. Um maybe that's the problem, but i don't I don't know. I was playing um a, a fucking two thousand eight video game or something uh, today, overlord, and I was like, this sucks, <laughs> and I was just I was just thinking to myself, like, man, who is this for? This is like twisted fairy tales for adults walk in the same direction and then do the same thing over I'm like, this There's, sucks.
1: There is a there is a uh, period of gaming that was
0: all about the dark fairy tales. Yeah. And I was like, look, I could be playing Fable 2. Well, I couldn't be because my, my fucking Xbox 360 is in a closet somewhere and they haven't ported it. But I could be playing Fable 2, which is much funnier about this um, and slightly more mechanically interesting. But it just made me think like there are people who this, like I was reading the reviews on, on the Steam page and like, yeah, Overlord's great, so much fun, kind of funny, you know? And I was like, yeah, this just isn't for me. Like there's just so many games out there that aren't for me. So I wonder if the same is true of like trailers, but still I do find those to be extremely like, they're nothing. They're just, they don't show me anything about what I care about in a game, which is typically the game part. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, in
0: some cases, I can kind of see what you're
1: saying. And some not. the The Outer Worlds one, kind of killed me though because i played and enjoyed that game yeah and then it feels like the dlc came out not that long ago and now there's a second one and i'm like it's just a big dlc
0: pack like (laughs) yeah sometimes you kind of want them to wait a little longer
1: (laughs) well and the the outer worlds was such a big deal because it was them stepping away from it was one studio stepping away from another all fallout kind of doing fallout in space proper and yeah whatnot and it fell short for a lot of people because i think they're expecting a lot of the intricacies of new vegas and whatnot whereas it was yeah. a lot more uh you know flash corn and... <laughs> but i had a blast with it and then i put it down and <laughs> then <laughs> the idea that they're just spinning up another
0: one just feels like uh, I don't think so, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just like it must have done done numbers if they're just gonna be able to throw another one out there um pretty shortly after. Uh, so right. you know, relatively shortly after. So yeah. No, I don't know. I just I didn't like I guess maybe this is a good transition to talk about like what we did find exciting, I guess, or interesting about E3. Like because yeah. I have a few things. Well, as you know, I'm kind of I'm, I've been in the Nintendo ecosystem, so to speak, for a long yeah, time. Sure. Uh, I've got a Switch. You know, I, I had the Wii U, I had the Wii. U, I've had every like proper Nintendo console, With including Jim- a Virtual Boy.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, I skipped the Virtual Boy. I'm
0: yeah. About that. I also no. skipped
1: the Game Boy Pocket.
0: Um. And the uh, Game Boy which, Micro. Let's see the Game Boy. Pocket was just the regular Game Boy, though, right? Except it had a better screen. And it was smaller. Yeah, and then the Game Boy Micro was that tiny little Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Pocket was basically the Game Boy Color without color, which was a bummer. Yeah, Uh, I I got a Game Boy Color, though. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I gotta get a Game Boy Color. Uh, One of the best goddamn... The handhelds of all time, listen to Pulse Wave, my podcast about Game Boy music. Anyway, uh, (laughs) but yeah, so I I literally only watched the Nintendo thing, and most of it I actually skipped because I was trying to train at the same time. But yeah, that was the only things that I saw that really interested me that much. Um, Actually, that's not true. I should... Whoa, 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 back up. What did you like in the Nintendo? No, let me back up a little bit farther. I did notice that Slime Rancher 2 is getting released. And I didn't watch the trailer for it, but I heard about it. <laughs> and I'm very excited for that because I really, really like Slime Rancher a lot. Um, I no, kinda I'm wanna not excited.
1: Yeah. It, it it's missing the one thing I wanted that Slime co-op? Rancher took me out.
0: God damn it. I was about to say I need to look it up to see if it has co op. Ah, but I'll buy it that's that's like one of my few day one purchases, honestly. Um, that's fair i loved slime rancher so much that was the one thing that was like not nintendo uh that i'm excited for it's getting a pc release so that's all i care about Feels Um, nintendo though you know what i mean what's that it It feels nintendo yeah it does it's it it felt like a perfect match for the switch and i don't think it ever got a release on the switch um it is also it is also a poorly optimized game it does not run well so i can imagine that's why it never got a switch release (laughs) Um, maybe they'll switch that with
1: Slime Rancher too. Maybe that's the bigger maybe. point. It's
0: like, oh, we have to build
1: this from the ground up again. Anyways, let's just make it a sequel and add in a few more bits and bobs.
0: And Yeah. But I thought that, yeah, I thought that game was wonderful. So I'm really excited for that. Like, just genuinely. Um, but the things that kind of caught my eye in the Nintendo things, um, the Advance Wars remake. I don't know. Did you play Advance Wars when it like when you were a kid? I tried
1: to because I thought it was going to be like you know Fire Emblem with some different stuff. Which yes, but I I just could never get into it.
0: I found it droll. Interesting. I I really liked Advance Wars when I was a kid and the second <laughs> one. Um, and yeah, it 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 hit the spot for me it's like strategic enough to be difficult but it's got enough flexibility to like at least in the single player campaign because i never really played it multiplayer uh until you know lets you kind of fuck around with stuff it's fun um so they're remaking that game way forward is remaking that game in mm-hmm. quote, like full 3d is is what i would say um and I was, I was like vaguely interested. Like, oh, that's cool. Um, you know, I'd buy that for like 30 bucks, probably. This, tw- this set of 20-year-old games that haven't been changed except for their graphics. Uh, but it's $60, <laughs> and my interest has suddenly tanked. <laughs> um, yeah. So that really bummed me out yeah i, I
1: hear you yeah, i obviously was never going to be a mark for that so i kind of let that right. go and i was hearing the music and i was just like oh my god okay
0: <laughs> see and that that's the funny thing i'm really into the idea of them remaking the music <laughs> so i'm gonna look up the the soundtrack whenever it comes out expect to hear tracks from that game on this very podcast because <laughs> okay. i love the soundtrack of Advance wars i think it's really good uh um, fair
1: enough um what else did Nintendo announced? Oh, the Raving Rabbids sequel?
0: I did like Mario and Rabbids. Um, I, I told somebody the other day that's a perfect twenty dollar game. Once again, I'm very focused on price. But no, I, I I paid maybe full price for that game. I don't regret it. I think it's fun. It's a good XCOM light. I don't like XCOM. There's too many variables.
1: <laughs> um Yeah. I I mean, I think them doing another one is interesting. I'm not sure I'd jump on it, but if it goes no. cheap, I might grab it i just it's nothing i'm jumping up and down for
0: yeah like the first one had enough minor like problems that i would i would say like the the thing that bothered me the most is that you have a team of three but one of them has to be mario at all times and i'm like well this sucks (laughs) you give me like seven characters but i can only use two different ones at a time like screw you um but you know there's a a lot of little things that kind of held that game back for me um so i am interested in a sequel because i think you know that's where an iterative sequel can really be interesting is where they they fix the small problems um but yeah yeah it seems fine i'm i'm excited for the super monkey ball remake like a lot actually um i'd love to have that on a modern console okay
1: (laughs) i uh had a recent dive in with the latest monkey ball game and i just Yeah. They're
0: really bad. The first two are good. The rest are just garbage. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. Um, have you ever played the first one?
1: It was so, yes and no. Well, <laughs> okay, well, you we have to tell this me, this me what is that This is the means. gamer story. So, I went over to a friend's house, and he was obsessed with Monkey Ball. Mm. It was the one game that, like, unless someone was over and you were playing Smash or something, like, did not leave his GameCube. Got it. So he was showing me how to play monkey ball if you want to get on the leaderboards, oh, which no. is not how you really play Super monkey Ball because literally, like the first few stages, he's flinging himself backwards at a corner to try to just like and <laughs> <hold> want <on laughs> it basically. yep, he was showing me all these tricks, but I mean, he was on these globally ranked leaderboards in like oh top five positions for a number of maps. It was all meticulously calculated and had to be like verified and dah, dah, dah. it was <laughs> it was his gaming thing. so, i yes i have played it but i that, i think that threw me off those games in a big way for a long time because yeah. i mean how do you say like oh yeah i've been playing and enjoying this game when your friend's over here like doing that and that is not the only game
0: this has happened to me with
1: i <laughs> run into some
0: people yeah i i never like it when people do that because like I, i'm always afraid of doing that when i show somebody a game that i really enjoy like i want to show them like how they could enjoy it and so with something like super monkey ball i might be like hey here's some cool stages and then if there was a cool shortcut i'd be like oh check this weird thing out i can i can do but it wouldn't be every stage that's no fun that's that's not an interesting showcase unless you're already familiar with the game we're not even talking shortcuts we're talking bypassing levels oh, taking yeah. advantage of like you know where places you can slip through the um collision detection etc <laughs> etc cetera, et cetera. Yeah, watching speedruns of Super Monkey Ball is like one of the 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 most thing, incredible things. Like they, the speedrunners for Monkey Ball are great. Um there's one speedrunner, I don't know if she does it anymore, but Narcissa Wright did uh introduce me to Super Monkey Ball speedruns essentially on YouTube and I was just like, "Oh my god, these are so good." Um but yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. I feel like Super Monkey Ball is is almost the platonic ideal of a video game. It's just so gamey, um, and I do feel like it's accessible at least in the first like 50 stages of the first game, or like good for that. But yeah, it gets really tough really fast, and and like you know, people who are very skilled make it look like a totally different game. So um, I just want to play through those levels again. On them without having to fucking emulate it, you know, or like break out my my game you know, my wii, I guess, which i I use as my gamecube because I'm just like did you get the banana sucks. controller was what'd you say did you get the banana controller the the monkey ball banana, the controller? banana There's a banana controller? yeah it's, no. it's a joystick
1: that's like a banana and it's what they put on like the arcade machine oh my god
0: that's amazing i have to look at this monkey ball banana controller images oh yeah that's great i want one of those <laughs> um, not at I, e3 no god damn it they, they didn't even have that at e3 worthless <laughs> um and then, yeah, so there's that. And then the other, the only other thing that I saw that was kind of vaguely interesting to me uh, was WarioWare, which I, WarioWare is, again, the most video gamey video game of all time. Um, and while the later entries in that haven't been mind-blowing, uh, WarioWare Co-op, which I guess this one has, seems great to me. It <laughs> seems like a nightmare. It seems like it'll, you know, destroy relationships and end friendships. Um, and I love it. I love that. <laughs> Nintendo games are
1: want to do
0: yeah exactly you put two best friends in front of new super mario brothers and you you leave two enemies like that game will destroy you (laughs) That's mario kart uh Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. i was highly disappointed there was no mario kart anything because honest to god Mm -hmm. i play i play mario kart with my wife like four times a week still yeah it's great um i I, I want more tracks
1: my thing is is like what could they do with mario kart other than just slap on dlc
0: slap on dlc i'll buy it
1: (laughs) yeah well fair enough um so i there's some natural questions here yes of course the biggest announcement from the nintendo uh what is it direct yeah is a new mario party
0: (laughs) yes i everyone's talking about mario party dread which (laughs) is a is is being billed as a as a comeback as a return to form for mario party (laughs) in development for 18 years (laughs) um yeah, I don't know. God, I, I didn't even mention Metroid because I don't I don't know how to talk about Metroid at this point in my life. I want not <laughs>
1: talk about Mario Party. That's you genuinely
0: want to talk about Mario
1: Party. <laughs> I'm kind of like if it had online co-op, I feel like it's something we could play. I'd be excited. That sounds like fun.
0: Yeah, I feel like if it had online it would be it would be fun. I Mario Party Super Mario Party just got online, uh online play. So we could play Super Mario Party. Um but yeah, Party. Mario, Mario Party, whatever it's called, is like a best of, like, kind of compilation of shit.
1: Now that's what I call Mario Party 21.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which seems misguided. I don't know. I just, I, I, picking the best of old Mario Party games seems like a, an uphill battle. Like, Mario Party's never been that good. It's been funny and stupid, but not I, good. I disagree, because
1: I, I hear two
0: things. Because
1: they said the best ones with button controls, which means oh. they're taking out all the super gimmicky ones that they couldn't use from the Wii or whatever, which makes sense. Great. Yeah, yeah. Obvious limitation. But when they say the best ones, let's be honest, they're the decent ones. They're just cutting the slack no one liked that were thrown in because they're like, well, we've contracted to do you know x amount of mini games for mario party 8 that weren't in mario parties 1 through 7 and uh, this is what we got (laughs) (laughs) they're basically saying like let's just mix the pot put a new fresh paint on everything throw in some new boards let's just it's it's effectively i'd argue the best idea of what they're doing for monkey ball or um Advance Wars, or probably even Mario aware may be more original, but like they're basically just admitting, like, okay, we've taken this idea as f- like how many freaking Mario parties were there on the N64, right? Like, we're just taking these, we're gonna make them look green, make them good, right? And then we'll just reserve it up, we'll just do it right, and there'll be this one glorious mario party and <laughs> then when the nintendo super switch comes on that's our next console we'll just be there there
0: you go yeah well and that's it's interesting i feel because of of the four nintendo properties we've talked about that aren't metroid um the they're they're all remakes except WarioWare. like WarioWare is not a remake it's it but it's also a series that has Constantly dipped into its own history as soon as possible. Like they're they're always referencing themselves. Um, so it it to me is very funny. Like how wait
1: wait do I, do I need to catch up on WarioWare lore to play the
0: <laughs> <new>? <laughs> look as a as a Wario fan? <laughs> I can tell you right now that uh, WarioWare has a nat has the Nat Attack game from Mario Paint as a mini game you can unlock, and it uses the fly, there's a, there's an album in, <laughs> I'm going to get there. There's a CD in Wario land four, which is just the sound of a fly buzzing around and somebody trying to smack it. So they use that, but they tech took out all the smacks. So it's just a fly buzzing around. So I can, t- <laughs> so even in the first Wario where they were referencing previous games made by that same team and also Wario land four, <laughs> So yes, yes, you got to catch up on that lore, or else it's not going to be the same for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay,
1: which raises another important question. Yeah. If you had your druthers, Wario or Waluigi?
0: Well, in what way? I mean, who would do you, you who, who fuck do you murder or kill like what? <laughs> fuck marry kill. Um, I obviously I think Wario is the best, but I kind you know maybe it's time to explore Waluigi's past. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so
1: i feel like i have to quickly dip into metroid
0: because we gotta talk about metroid
1: i had this whole arc because i was like oh a new metroid i feel like i should be excited (laughs) um and then i remembered why i'm not a huge fan of metroid games because they are really fun and then right before the climax they say "Uh, yeah go the fuck all over tarnation to get the three elden rings or whatever the hell to open the <laughs> final door and no thank you have, have you played, I, I played super Three march metroid
0: games to, to not do that <laughs> have you played super metroid recently i
1: yes it is the most recent one i played it was a few years ago and i played it through with some friends which helped nice um but it, that one that one's fine
0: that well i think it's metroid I... Yeah, it is kind of funny because like, I feel like Metroid is, it's just, it's its a series that has like three different identities and none of them quite work together, you know? It's very interesting. But like, yeah, Super Metroid is both more linear and more weird than I remembered it. I played it like two years ago. Um, but yeah, the later ones, they yeah they, they tend to follow the course set by later games that copied it, which is like... Here are a bunch of locks. Here are a bunch of keys. And you need all the keys to get in through the last door, right? What like, did your friend call those kinds of games instead of calling them Metroidvanias? Search them. action? Search action? Yeah. I, uh, I thought they were, it was keyring games. Keyring games. That is what it was. Yeah, it was, I was like, I can't remember. Yeah, keyring games. That was uh, one second before um, he coined that. I like keyring games a lot because that is what it feels like. It is
1: infinitely better than Metroidvania. Metroidvania is such an ugly word.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, my feeling about a new Metroid game is like, yeah, it might be decent, right? Like, I could see it being decent, but I feel like other games have picked more specific things about what Metroid has done well and has done them better. Like Rain World, that game took the weird loneliness of Super Metroid and it's- made it into an entire game. <laughs> um, Apollo Knight took all the mystery and like strange secrets that you can find behind walls Mm -hmm. that don't indicate at all that there's a secret and turned it into an entire game. Like, there's so many things you can miss in that game. Um, Like, other games have done Metroid better in each individual part, is what I feel like.
1: In some ways, Axiom Verge, I don't think was any better.
0: Um, No, no, I don't think Axiom Verge did it well.
1: But i I hear what you're saying. I, I would also argue the um GBA slash DS era of Castlevania. Yeah. Well yeah, like took a lot and made it made them how do I say this? Made it infinitely more fun and easy to maneuver across the map while making maneuvering across a room harder. <laughs> And also making the action more unique to each game.
0: Yes, like I, I've always felt like the you know Symphony of the Night lineage of Castlevania is is best seen as like an absolutely maximalist like renaissance painting with like too many fucking details everywhere. And you could just stare at it for hours and never see any, everything like that's what that's going for. And it, it, it hits that Mark Um, maximalism. And I love that. Like every game's a little bit different, a little bit more weird in various ways. Like it's great. Um, But yeah, much easier to just sort of navigate through these maps. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm not, what am I getting out of a new Metroid game?
1: Well, and what I didn't like it that I saw in this one, which I'd have to wait a review for, it, but it, it was taking advantage of something that was very similar to the most recent Metroid game, which was Metroid Returns on the DS or 3DS, I should say. Yeah. Um, where like there'd be these points where the enemies would come at you and you had to do this counter move, and then there was like mm-hmm. a animation that would play and, da, da, da. and after the first three times It slowed down the action because they're doing a thing. And then you have, it's like, it's like a mini little quick time event and oh my, make it die, burn it with fire. It does not (laughs) belong there. It's so bad. And it looked like they kind of had a rock, paper, scissors system built with Mm -hmm. that idea. And I was like, no, thank you. None of that, please. I I don't think I'd want to play through that game if that's the case.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I heard about Samus Returns, um, which is a a remake of Metroid 2, which is definitely one of the more sparse and intimidating Metroid games. They turned it into like a a QTE em up, which is just strange. Um, strange direction. (laughs) So yeah, I just I don't know, like I, I don't think it's gonna I think that if I picked up even Samus Returns, which I've heard was not great, I would play it and I'd be like, this is fine. And then I would never think about it again. And I feel like that's what's going to happen with dread is unless I hear otherwise from people who I, I trust or respect, um, I feel like it's going to be just people a game. What's that? I said people other than me. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you came to me and said, you got to play Metroid Dread, I'd, I'd pick it up for sure. No, um, I wouldn't say I that to you
1: because I'm forcing you to save your money. So when the Ninja Turtle game <laughs> comes
0: out, we can play that immediately. That's true. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not getting anything out of this anymore. I'm done. I'm done with Metroid. I I will not go to bat for Metroid anymore because I feel like they said their piece fucking twenty years ago or something. <laughs>
1: And here's the funny thing to me is people have been bemoaning the lack of a quote unquote real Metroid game forever, not counting Samus Richards, not counting other um, whether or not that makes sense to you. I'll leave that to you, dear listener. Right. But what I would argue is what Nintendo should have done is look at something like Mega Man 8 and 9 or... Some something more like that, you know, a true blue like sequel to a game of yesteryear and made not title it but made Super Metroid 2. Just make another one of those, update the graphics a little bit, but make it look very relative pixely, just widescreen, you know, like just just do that. People just want another one of those.
0: They they do well and that's the funny thing is i don't think i'd be even that interested interested in that i'd be more interested because it's a weird flex but like for my money it's almost like find something unique about metroid that's never been explored before and dig into that like here's the problem because
1: of all the games that it inspired exactly nothing that hasn't been that they can't that wouldn't immediately be like metroid is now you know reductive to whatever spinoff yada yada i yeah they were well, kind of in a no-win situation. I kind of have wanted them to just let Metroid go for a long time. I know a lot of people yeah. wouldn't like that, but the other weird Let's thing go. too is Prime
0: Four was announced a while ago. I know no that, updates. That, that, Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, that'll that'll I'm looking for, looking for that one too. I mean, I liked Metroid Prime and I I played some of Metroid Prime too, but Um, I I will say Metroid Dread looks kind of interesting in that it seems to be leaning a bit more into the horror aspect, um, which is cool. I feel like, you know, Super Metroid is underrated as having some sci-fi horror going on. She's Um, her own woman.
1: What are you talking about? Horror. (laughs) Horror. God
0: damn it. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm, I'm vaguely interested in that. But again, I just, you know. Like other other games have done better yeah if they just if they just made super metroid 2 it would sell a billion copies and they could you know finance whatever weird projects they wanted to do for the next 10 years
1: <laughs>
0: right and then here's
1: my hot take on the breath of the wild 2 thing that they did why <laughs> everyone knew it's coming out nothing was shown in that demo like and people are like what does this mean what did it
0: you could have just not like <laughs> my my takeaway is that uh Zelda fell into a hole, uh so she won't be a playable character, which is <laughs> all people want again, which is uh, like- yeah <laughs> nintendo is is expert level at not giving people what they want and somehow still selling stuff <laughs> I'm not always for giving people exactly what they want
1: no, but in no. the case of like a new Metroid game, just making another Super Metroid. Honestly, yeah, do that. Letting people play Zelda in a Zelda game because why not? At this point, yeah. please do. Just why make, not? make her Play different. Make Breath of the Wild too different because there's a role reversal and Zelda is not Link. Like,
0: right? That'd be cool. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and
1: Peach don't and-, and don't
0: don't do what you did with Peach in that one DS game. Oh God. <laughs> yeah yeah very much monkey paw curling when people said i want a peach game and they're like oh we'll give you a peach game
1: <laughs> she has the powers of pms oh the worst fucking
0: garbage i mean and i heard it was a decent game but the framing of that is just like horrible
1: <laughs> yeah I, I don't think you have to be a hardcore feminist all to go like oof, oof. wow yeah you really? guys just all went for that huh you really just went all in on that. Incredible. <laughs> she has the power of crying and screaming. What?
0: <laughs> just, and, and those are powerful things. Let's not, let's not. Not the way. It they so there. <laughs> not the not that way, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, Breath of the Wild too. whatever. Breath of the Wild was good. I don't know if I need more of that game. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> okay.
1: And so I'm trying to think if there's better. I, I have this IGN thing pulled up for some of the bigger announcements.
0: Yeah, I looked through that, and uh... I don't know. I might just... <laughs> Didn't I read something to
1: you? Wait, was it in...
0: Yeah, it's in uh, Episode Ideas. I, I mean, we okay, could talk... Yeah. I mean, we, we've been playing Borderlands, and there's that Borderlands off Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, but I'm not interested in that at all, really. Um, Final Fantasy, people are, gonna, people are interested in that. I'm not. Also, um, well,
1: the Final Fantasy, de- like I don't know what to make because I didn't get to play the demo, and like that sounds like yeah. my kind of game, and um, yeah, it
0: but... does seem like your kind of game, yeah. Um, you know, uh... okay, so.
1: So there's the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which was announced, which was weird. I don't know
0: if you saw that one. I heard about it. I know that it doesn't have any of the actors from the Marvel movies.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, it doesn't have that. I don't care, necessarily. Yeah. What bothered me was, like, okay, so first, the character design of Star-Lord, who's the only character you get to play as, looks like an alt-right weirdo, which is... (laughs) i i I usually hope not for like alternative costumes and looks and all that but i'm here please Uh, and it's weird because it's a team game and they're like oh you only get to play this one character and everyone's saying like oh well they learn from avengers to not be avengers i'm like that's not the lesson from avengers though the problem with avengers wasn't that you could play other characters that's the best part of the game The problem with Avengers is they tried to take a single player game and or a potential co-op game and turn it into this loot grind where the game revolves around giving them money which is not fun.
0: God, you're right. He does look like a fucking Nazi. Shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (gasps) Wow, weird.
1: (laughs) But all that aside this Guardians of the Galaxy game, like, they're also going for total Borderlands humor. This game looks yeah. right up my alley, but I really feel like I would do myself a service to wait a year to mm-hmm. get the game and the DLC season pass nonsense all bundled together for what's going to be, like, 30 to $40.
0: Yep. Yep. That's, the, that's always the thing with single-player games, is, you know... You just yeah. wait like that's what i'm ho- like one of the good things about the did we mention mario and rabbits on on the podcast or was that uh, right prior pri- prior we talked about it minutes ago i couldn't remember if we talked about it when i was recording or not uh, <laughs> the thing about mario and rabbits is that uh ubisoft owns it sets the pricing on that so, for yeah. example, right now the game is $10, so it'll be great to wait for Mario and Rabbids to be the new game to be $10, or $20. I'll buy it for 20 um, Yeah, Just wait. Wait a year. Wait two years. You know, it, it, It's the same game after, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It's a better game. Yeah. That's a big thing, too, is this is coming from Idos Montreal, and I was playing their Deus Ex games as they were coming out, partially because I have a friend who's obsessed with Deus Ex. <laughs> um their vendors game got better over time this is a game that will come out it'll be rushed out in the first three months the amount of things that they will patch little content ads little fixes if you just get all that day one you're gonna have a better experience because it's just gonna be a cleaner piece of software and a slightly touched up game
0: yeah exactly like i mean actually i was watching old videos of heat signature today and i was like whoa this interface has changed drastically for the better
1: so those who don't know heat signature
0: is a uh, little indie game on steam
1: by a independent solo developer where you basically have a little starship and you go raid slightly bigger starships It's, it's all bird's eye view it's very much not a game you'd see at E3.
0: No, no, not at all. It's uh, it's it's what if Hotline Miami was turn-based and had shitloads of weird interlocking mechanics. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a wonderful game. I just finished getting almost the last achievement on it. It's going to be the first like real game I I get all the achievements for on Steam. <laughs> um, but yeah, like g- games improve over time nowadays, and especially AAA games have. Have a habit of being released in a really weird state, um and yeah, get all that d l c. get all those patches, like, come on, it'll be better for it.,
1: um, and I'm scrolling through, and you mentioned the tiny Tina thing, and from Borderlands three that's going to be an add on w- What I forgot was what's weird about that is the big pull for that being a piece of d l c that they're announcing at e three at least this way is that a lot of the cast from the movie coming out are doing voices for this, and that's a big pull idea, is this, like, well, it's in a movie, so it's better, which, being a comic book fan is something I've had to deal with, and I am, (laughs) it
0: makes me vomit now on command. (laughs) I don't think this is DLC, just to, to, I, I think this is, a standalone. Oh, it's same. But, oh,
1: I did not. You'll excuse me for thinking some tiny Tina Borderlands <laughs> thing was not a. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but. My but mistake. Other points standing. Like it, you know. I mean, I don't know. I like Wanda Sykes. <laughs>
1: I do too. I mean, I like, I, I mean, I like most of these people as actors or whatever i guess which means they're not real people i don't
0: like them i don't know who they are but wanda sykes is a stand-up comedian first then an actor (laughs) I I guess probably means that she's like you know a broken person (laughs) like every other (laughs) stand-up but yeah no it you know it's fine i don't know i just i'm not not like every e3 i watch some of it i see a bit of it and i as an adult, I've basically been like, "Why? Why do I? Why is this my hobby? Why couldn't I have a better hobby?" And I, it's temporary, but it is depressing. And I think that like a big part of it is that I forget that these are just advertisements, and watching ads always makes me depressed. <laughs> um, you know, that's kind of how I end up feeling about. It. I'm like, I'm not excited about any of this stuff. I'm just, I'm just being advertised to, and it makes me feel like a, a goddamn mark.
1: <laughs> so, breaking news for me. Uh uh-huh. um, this Final Fantasy origin game is a Final Fantasy made by the people who did, like, Neo and stuff, Team Ninja, oh, yeah. which means it's essentially a JRPG sans the JRPG stuff, so you get to just punch people, which is what I've won. Ever since I saw Kingdom Hearts, I was like, oh, what if they did this with, like, a good game? That's uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. <political. laughs> and...
1: Yeah, you prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> and that's what this sounds like, like taken to the nth degree. I, considering how much my wife loves Final Fantasy, this might be a... Uh, early bird say, display, yeah. Here's the thing, it would
0: be a day one if I could
1: get a PS... <laughs> yeah,
0: good luck with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you get the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is also not a JRPG. Yeah, we just have
1: to buy the Dulcy, um Yeah, because <laughs> she—that was day one for that was yeah that was that was a I thing. Know. And she's like, "We have to play this because you have to play Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, "Okay."
0: <laughs> um,
1: it took us a little over a year to get through it because it came out right around the time my son was born. Oh yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> um, okay, they announced the Death Stranding Director's Cut, which. If that doesn't get get me a free upgrade on my Steam version,
0: I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the, the typical definition of a director's cut, I've found, is that it's either the same length or shorter. <laughs> That's not going to be the case here. <laughs>
1: Um, my understanding i've always understood the director's cut to be much longer because
0: usually it's actually a
1: way to indicate lost material that didn't make the theatrical cut gets edited in because people held too much to i forget what director said it like if this movie is much longer than 90 minutes people's bladders won't last which i adhere to but like lord of the rings director's cuts are like what twice as long
0: the, oh those are great too if you you know sometimes you just want to put four hours of 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 ash and death into your eyeballs so you watch the last lord of the rings director's cut <laughs> um yeah you're right i don't know what i was thinking of um i should go feed my cats i'll be right back
1: okay What, what other director's cuts can I fit in here while he's feeding his cats? You should if you haven't watched the Daredevil director's cut, yeah, the Ben Affleck movie direct, um, one if you had any soft feelings for that movie because there's actually a few scenes that connect some plot holes in overused term. They are literal plot holes in the the normal cut of that movie where you go why are we here now? What happened? And the Director's cut fills that out, gives a lot more ethos to the characters. It's a ten times better movie for the addition of like three scenes in particular. It's still not a good movie, but it's infinitely better. It's actually interesting for understanding editing, directing, and film and that sort of thing. Um, Are you talking
0: about um the director's cut of that that Richter film? What's it called? No, <laughs> of uh, Daredevil? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's one i always like to bring up because i
1: actually think it's the one director's cut that adds the most to the movie and actually makes it like it's the biggest improvement in a movie i've seen interesting there's other movies with weird cuts like brazil has what three cuts um full metal is a full model jacket that has like five or something like.
0: I think so. There's Blade Runner that has a bunch of weird cuts. Like. Oh yeah. Blade Runner is definitely weird
1: to the point where I'm like, I
0: don't even know if I want to watch that movie again. Cause I'll feel like I'm watching it wrong. <laughs> watch it like me the first time. And last time I watched that movie was the original cut on a plane. <laughs> Just sharing a headphone with my wife. <laughs> the ideal viewing experience. <laughs> The way they envisioned it. Um, <laughs> yes, oh, yes.
1: What was the perfect
0: plane movie I saw?
1: Zoolander two. That's a that was a
0: great plane, like a movie. plane movie. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. worst plane thing I ever watched was the first two or three episodes of. Uh, oh, what's it Big called? Theory. Oh God, no! Westworld. Uh, when oh, I got to it oh. like an orgy scene, I was like, oh God, why? I'm like covering the screen. Like this is on a plane. <laughs> i can't watch this (laughs) great show though um yeah so where was it
1: oh okay director's cut of that oh yeah yeah (laughs) this is the second game i've heard of of having a director's cut because borderlands 3 has a director's cut and some other cut which is just dlc things and like
0: why well yeah the director's cut in borderlands 3 is just new content though that's just a joke it's like it's like there's a director in the game who's cutting you or something.
1: <laughs> no. No. Oh. I I am, of course, somewhat excited for Forza Horizon 5.
0: Oh yeah, that makes sense for you. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I don't know. I will not get that day one. I will wait for some sort of a discount because that is a hundred dollar game.
0: Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Also, I don't know if my computer could run it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is one thing about like newer games, too, is my PC is not old, but it's struggling on certain things, you know, struggling on Borderlands 3, for example. So, you know, newer stuff that gets released, like I'm hoping that Slime Rancher 2 da- is is better optimized, you know, like anything yeah. that's like, oh, an Xbox and PC release. I'm like, ah, I'm probably not going to be able to run it that well. Um, so. That also does, makes it a little bit harder for me to get excited. Metal Slug Tactics, I've never really played Metal Slug games, but I know the sprite art by reputation, so that's probably cool. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> but I like cheesy tactics games, is really what it comes down to. Yeah.
1: Um, so then, Redfall is coming out, which looks kind of like Left 4 Dead, but mm-hmm. that could be fun for us, but I can definitely wait
0: yeah yeah that one looks well we got to play left for dead first (laughs) at some point
1: (laughs) um i don't contraband looked like some game that who cares yeah but like whatever somerville yeah looks like a bunch of games
0: i never want (laughs) to (laughs) play yeah exactly like what is uh you know what the anacrusis New co-op shooter from former Valve writer Chet Falashek? None of this means anything to me. It's hey. another Left 4 Dead game. Good. We need more. Yeah, um, need more of those.
1: <laughs> replace. Nothing. Um, there's a lot of these games that just look like games I've played before, and i don't know or here's one immortality i thought this was hilarious that this was an ig and it's like from her story because that was the like indie hit a few years Uh ago and now there's like some other talent from like tv and just like okay so, this is like the prestige, like, no, guys, games are art. By having this in here, it lifts up all <laughs> our, you know, dirty Call of Duty announcements and all that. And that was yeah. something interesting. There wasn't like an Assassin's Creed announced or stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, I don't feel like there was. That's another thing that made the E3 thing kind of funny because they're like, I'm used to the tent pole games getting announced here but i didn't feel like there's a ton of that either i don't know just weird weird. yeah e3 left me feeling weird well and like you were saying earlier it's a lot of
1: advertisements yeah and this one in particular felt a lot more advertisement forward and less about a fan celebration of the medium which is where i remember it being at its best
0: well, and I too, I do wonder too, how much of that is just like the advertising worked on me when I was a kid. You know what I mean? You <laughs> know what you mean. But um, I I was thinking
1: back to my E3 experiences because there's, I said I don't watch it. There was one year where I watched a little bit because I was over at my friend's house the year before they got to go, and they're like watching it. It was a big deal for them. They're doing that. I'm like, oh, these are just ads the way they do it. And they're like, well, look how cool this trailer is. I'm like. There is no gameplay, and they're like, "Oh, good point," and <laughs> all that, and like I remember, you know, at the time, like Final Fantasy X was big, and you know, like what's next? Yeah, and I because of the way games function, then I mean, cutscenes were becoming a bigger deal, but they weren't as big of a deal yet, and so you'd still see more come through, and. It, it v- The way has changed, like the idea of celebrities being there, you know, as part of the game is a lot more part of the deal now or these big cinematic things and the way people talk about graphics and never say like, you know, art direction, things like that and what people expect. It's just very... One way or another, and I also feel like games were less lionized. I mean, there were obviously franchises, but I mean, what really is to what really is the lionization of Final Fantasy and Mario, especially years ago? Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like the amount of franchises that are brought in, like Borderlands is a big franchise that's been around forever now. You know, it hadn't even come out then when we were kids, and yeah, there's so much more now that feels like games that i've played a million times before whereas like a few spins on uh fps has felt really fresh like when they announced um, dark watch was this ps2 game it was a solo shooter but you're a monster shooting up other monsters there's a lot of weird quirky mm-hmm. little things it's ultimately an fps but it still doesn't quite feel like other fpss cuz they were going for something very different right and i see less of that now where yeah. everything's one of those and that was something that really killed me that i've seen more and more in game advertising is like this is a four player you know like um shoot them, loot them up shooter da 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 right or whatever and it's just like oh my god don't don't say that oh you know no. like let the game be the game do something fun let it work for itself don't just make another one of those yeah
0: yeah i don't know i'm just like it is yeah i guess it's kind of funny because like for me the like peak of like hype about video games was in the n64 era like which you know would have been the sort of playstation playstation 2 era for you um and yeah i just don't get I it was interesting things you know even just silly things like oh uh, you know i remember getting all hyped about banjo 2e having like this weird connection thing going on the whole stop and swap thing and like it's like oh how is that going to work and like it just felt like there was weird shit happening in games yeah. um which doesn't it doesn't feel so weird now maybe that maybe we've sort of pushed up against the those sorts of boundaries already and any weirdness is going to have to be like not in the triple a space anymore but you know i don't know i just wish there was, it was i wish i wish games were weirder at e3 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and maybe
1: e3 is in the place for it maybe see yeah. packs at least but i you know i there's just some stuff there and yeah. i don't i don't know like i i find myself liking the smaller quirkier stuff and yeah. i'd like to see more of that no yep.
0: exactly i just want to see more more weird. <laughs> I guess we didn't talk at all about the wholesome direct though, but that's because I didn't watch it and I didn't see anything from it. That was at all interesting. So maybe quirky isn't the right word either. <laughs> I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. Well, here's the other thing that I, I guess is like E3
1: isn't really for me. The yeah. games I'm looking forward to are small beat em ups and quirky little stories. And yeah, some of these big blow up, games, you know, I like yeah. the spectacle sometimes as much as anyone. That's part of the reason I want, you know, that Final Fantasy or that Guardians of the Galaxy game, mm-hmm. even if, even if it isn't day one. But what I'm looking for in a game has kind of pared down over time. But I yeah, I don't know. It's also like I've played a bazillion games, and you know I. I like what I like, and I, I'm liking less. That's okay, too.
0: Yeah, my taste have, have changed and refined a little bit. I know a little bit more what I'm going to like, and they don't show that kind of stuff at E3. My favorite game I played last year was almost certainly... Um, oh my god, what's it called? Post Void. Post Void was my favorite game, and that is a tiny game that took me just a few hours to finish. Um, you know, it's... Oh, it, but just tremendous. Yeah, I think I finished that game with you watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which was is. mind-blowing. <laughs> um, but oh. yeah, like, you know, so that's that kind of stuff is not showing up at E3. This is a tiny little game. <laughs> right.
1: Here's some other ones that I, I see, now that I'm looking at it, that were an, or had something to it. Although I don't remember it being announced there. Like, Mario Golf? Like... I
0: don't know. Who oh, yeah. Mario Golf. I don't really think about Mario Golf. <laughs> I think uh, the thing, I, things I like about golf games are like calm, beautiful landscapes, nature sounds. I watched a bit of the trailer for Mario Golf, and it was like explosions <laughs> and literally running as fast as you can and power ups. And I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> sure. Uh, but you know, uh, I like Mario Tennis, but I also haven't liked any of the newer Mario Tennis games, so you know, go figure,
1: right? Um, a, a couple ones that I thought were funny here is like, um, Elden Ring was announced, and you just saw the trailer, they didn't have any gameplay really. But oh, look, it's yeah. a Dark Souls, and it's like, oh,
0: no, thank you. I'm excited for that because it's not row. I <laughs> hey, yeah just i'm done um
1: <laughs> i thought it was funny because they had a starfield announcement and it was this visual trailer with like nothing on it and no gameplay and people are like oh my god and i'm like what what are you excited for a person climbing a ladder nothing happened <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's an, uh, another amazing thing about stuff like E3 is, it makes me realize how different my taste is from everybody else. Because I think Skyrim is, is one of the most boring games on the planet. Um, totally devoid of interest. Um, and yet people are like, Oh wow, Skyrim in space would be amazing. I'm like, why does anybody trust Bethesda to make an open world game? They haven't made a good one in years. <laughs> well, I, what has Bethesda done in the past
1: while? fallout 76 Mm. baby (laughs) i forgot that existed yeah um that and i guess acquire stuff for like doom yeah buy shit yeah (laughs) um wolfenstein uh Mm -hmm. i don't know Uh, here's my thing i'm not saying starfield will be a bad game i'm not saying it'll be a good game i'm saying we know nothing of substance right now and so being excited for it is weird to me i and i'm
0: saying it will
1: be a bad game (laughs) i hope it's a good game because i'd always rather there be more good
0: games than bad games but yeah but it definitely won't be so you know <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> oh and then there is another teaser for a game i totally want to play gotham knights but,
0: but oh yeah 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 but it's a teaser right you didn't learn anything
1: well we knew as much months ago as we did again yeah. so yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it does kind of feel like the developers and the marketing people who put this together are just about as excited about this stuff as we are, <laughs> which is to say, it doesn't seem that to be that exciting to them.
1: Well, I wonder <laughs> for some of these bigger games, um, how many advertising agencies are involved in some of this? Yeah. Because... Cause the way some of them are talked about, when I'm talking about like, you know, genre constrictions like being placed like that's this kind of game yeah. and coming from the people who brought you whatever. I mean, obviously that's an easy pull, but I'm like, I I work in advertising, I work in marketing, hooray for me. But <laughs> I I have had to create collateral for stuff I knew fuck all about before. Right. And there were a number of trailers that I watched that I was like. I think I think they hired an advertising agency from people who don't really know games because that's the vibe. Like I'm getting the vibe of like if I had to pull this together and I know what the hell happened, they're not willing to tell me anything more because they don't have anything fully developed. Like this is about what I could put together too.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. there's just a lot
1: of that and it's funny to me to see people get excited about that i'm like it's it, it's not jaded in that sense it's jaded to advertising in this sense to say right. like i watched the same footage you did there was a logo there was a brand and there is about fuck all <laughs> like what are you cheering for again that in particular that starfield one oh god yeah there, no. there's nothing there's nothing there what are you excited about and i, I don't want to i'm not diminishing anyone's stars i'm not questioning anyone's taste really i'm saying genuinely watch that Nothing. There's nothing there to be excited about. If you right. if you've read about and you're anticipating things because you know Bethesda, you like Skyrim. You're pretty down on Skyrim now. I remember Skyrim when it was Skyrim and not Skyrim reserved the fifth time. <laughs> I mean, a big step forward. It was a it it was a good game that did a lot of things. It was janky as hell. I love that. I'd rather have a game be janky as hell and, like, push things forward and do interesting things, which that game did. Um, it was my first Elder Scrolls. Like, the ah, idea...
0: Yes. My first El- Elder Scrolls was Oblivion, and I will go to bat for that game, even though, objectively, it's... uh it's yeah. it's it's a step down from Morrowind, wind <laughs> so that i do think plays a big part of it because when i i played a few hours of skyrim and i was like this is fucking oblivion except it's just snowy like, this sucks
1: <laughs> and here's another factor that i think could lend it's a trend and there's no there's no actual meat here but when big game studios do fantasy, and then they do sci-fi. The sci-fi one is always fucking better. (laughs) It's universally true. There's no good reason for it. It just seems to happen. What's better, Warcraft or Starcraft? Yeah, it's Starcraft. You're
0: done. Obviously, it's Warcraft 3. No. (laughs) Because that that gave us Dota. (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, Oh Well, Starcraft gave us tower defense games.
0: Yeah, I know. I loved, loved, loved StarCraft custom maps. That was the best shit. Oh, God. so good. Then, uh...
1: Oh, God, what was the Bioware one? You know, Mass um, Effect? Well, yeah, Mass Effect. But they okay. had a fantasy one, and I can't even Star remember. Star Wars? <laughs> Maybe it was just Star Wars.
0: <laughs> just basically Star just, Wars is like fantasy.
1: It's just some dusty planet with yeah. wizards. But yeah,
0: okay. I yeah, just happen to have, you know, science swords. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh,
1: it, there's others. Uh, it's not coming to me right
0: now. <laughs> no, I um, I feel like that is true for some reason. Not sure why. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it'll probably be fine. It'll be a great game to pick up for $15. That's my feeling. You know, kind of weird to play around with, and then I'll play f- with it for a while, and then I'll just be like, uh, No Man's Sky was better. <laughs> I'll go back yeah. to that for for ten for ten minutes and be like, oh, well, this game isn't that good either. <laughs> uh then I'll play Noctus 4. I don't have anything else to say about E3. I'm talking about uh 30-year-old DOS games at this point. So clearly <laughs> I've run out of things to say.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: <gasps> though uh,
1: I mean two kind of what we've been talking about, though this is a poll from a while ago there was some weird two person shooter that came out when the Star Trek movie license rebranded where you get to play new Kirk and new Spock firing phasers at whatever. (laughs) if you think if you look back at the older star trek games like their starfleet academy which was like this crazy starfleet simulator with crazy lore that lined up with everything and in order to play the game you had to use your whole friggin keyboard and like there was all these systems to manage and even to that there's um oh god i'm gonna space on the name but there's a game where a bunch of people are supposed to sit in the room and someone's managing engineering by looking at like things and someone has to do navigation by getting coordinates from someone else and then yeah like going lining up two points on a map and being like oh this is the intersection at this sector and like you had to do all of that on the fly much more complicated with like a 3d rendered map with like <laughs> three vertices and like you could be flying upside down and that could be a problem if you're doing that relative to the gravity pull of the nebula And like something's firing at you, and you have to manage shields to the back because they're coming back, but then they move to the front, and you only have enough energy to have shield on three sides. (laughs) So you're managing that while trying to manually fire. And like the game was nuts, and it was processing all this on like Windows 95 or something. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds great. This is part of what I'm talking about is like, we need games that do something new. And I think the best way to do new is to look back a couple decades at some forgotten games and realize there's a lot of systems mechanics that have been ignored in the name of simplicity that we should bring back because I think people are more ready for more complicated games now.
0: Yeah. No, I think so. I mean I, I mean and you know enough people play games and enough people love their little niche of games that you can find an audience for many things. Um, for instance, I'm looking at a game right now that isn't released yet. It's called Shu Hivan's Autonomous Cube. It's a roguelike auto-battler played on a twistable magic cube. <laughs> so clearly there's a space for things that are that are odd and interesting. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> th- there's a game for you, and it's... it's uh... It's likely not at E3 because most of those are trying to cater to as many people as humanly possible, which means being a little bit samey in in many cases. So, yeah, you're not going to get your Star Trek game is going to be a first person shooter at this point because it's a really, really big license to get. Um, And... You know, of course, they're not going to want to take a risk on like a a Star Trek game where you have to manage a a starship with as much granular detail as you can possibly have. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, Why have a Star Trek game that actually
1: invokes the spirit of Star Trek?
0: Yeah, exactly. When you could shoot stuff in in their stupid faces,
1: (laughs) it kills me. Though I should say um in star trek's defense i guess there is still an ongoing ever evolving mmo star trek online that i have not dived into at all i do not know how complicated or how quality it is but there are some devoted people to it that are huge star trek nerds and it's the one mmo i want to get into purely for the story (laughs) (laughs)
0: i've i've heard that it's the very least interesting to star trek nerds which is great Um, uh a audience (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh. until you get to discovery but that's a oh yeah for another time
0: welcome to discovery cast oh, <laughs> where we cover no. each minute of star trek discovery uh per episode <laughs> just one minute lobotomy
1: please <laughs> no, <thank> you. <laughs> like that for anything like even something i love no i do not want to do that
0: no. oh man that'd be amazing can you imagine covering like one minute of one page per episode of your favorite spider-man comics i mean <laughs> nightmarish i've kind of done that i'm fine <laughs> with comics but uh, but you have to it's it's a 15 minute episode and you can only talk about one page <laughs> i could do that oh my god that's great i love it Detail. i am.
1: oh my god uh but like minute cast for movies or whatever like i can't
0: (laughs) thank you i have never listened to one but um it sounds like a like a nightmare to listen to an episode of one once because someone i knew was
1: on it and bad idea i was i did not understand like how (laughs) it related to the minute at all
0: it's more like
1: it seems more like a way to just get a bunch of people on a podcast based around a certain thing. And then the idea that someone's skipping to a minute of a movie
0: to watch it to prepare is so surreal to me. <laughs> I would never watch a minute of a movie to prepare for a podcast. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, okay. We're, we're going off the deep end and this is like, I think over now we usually have a button. <laughs> yeah. Uh our timer's up. <laughs> and uh uh thanks for listening everybody to our possibly two part episode. We'll see if I decide to split it in the middle. Um about E3 and all the stuff we cared and didn't care about. I hope it was enjoyable. Yeah, I hope um, you're
1: looking forward to that Fraser 4X game that's coming out soon.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> Have you seen the Are you talking about that trailer? that was like what was it called cyber frunk have you seen that no oh god you have to watch cyber frunk <laughs> if you haven't seen it go if you're listening to this go look up cyber and it's uh it's a uh, it's cyberpunk starring fraser and they paid a voice actor to do a Frazier impression for this fake trailer for a game that doesn't exist <laughs> and there's a song <laughs> you gotta watch cyber frunk <laughs> um but yeah, so there you go. And if you if you like this kind of bullshit, catch me on the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast or way for a listen to Game Boy music.
1: And if you have suffered through this much at this point, please, please, please hit us up on Twitter um, at C-O-O-P button, co-op button. And give us your thoughts, because if you listen to this much,
0: we will attentively, you know, listen to yours. Yeah, exactly. Come on, talk to us. Um, And as always eat, 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 shit, and die. That was the three E's for E3. Yeah,
1: th- I mean, that's what you're doing there. So. No.
0: Yeah, um. I wanted to explain it just in case people thought that I, I, you know, started glitching. Thank you so much for listening to the madness that was this very long episode. The music I played in order from the Genesis game Time Tracks, Sages 2, 5, and 7. That's the first song. Second song was from Advance Wars. It was Sammy's theme. Next up, we had Contra Hardcore, Hardcore Blues, also on the Genesis. And then you're, of course, listening to the Cyberfrunk 2077 soundtrack. Go watch that video right now. I'm not even joking. We'll be back to normal next time. And thanks for sticking with us for this long one.